0: Hi, this is Tom Lenders security security specialist from MFE Ware Uh right now on the the show we got uh your gal Benhar, uh from Too Secure. How are you doing Ben?
1: Yes, doing, hi said, uh, Yeah, you you made a mistake already, but that's fine, okay. You 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 think yes. uh, did you speak with a different person but that's okay. Uh, my name is Igal Behar, as uh, Seth said. I'm from a, uh, I'm the owner of a uh, 2Secure. We provide the uh, cyber security services. And uh, my background uh, was working with uh, uh, as a consultant by Avnet Deloitte and Tosh in Israel. I worked uh, there uh, for four years. Uh, my background is extensive, uh, working in the enterprise environment um, and also small business. Uh, and also I've been in the, in the Israeli military the IDF uh and we served uh, different, different uh, customers when I was working at the uh, Deloitte and Tosh uh some of them were uh, government some of them were um uh, financial institutions banks and, and other uh businesses and since then I mean I've been in the industry for about uh, 19 years already and ready to continue and do other good things um, for other customers and people out there. Seth, back to you.
0: (laughs) So I I had a chance to read your book. I was reading Going Through Your Digital War, The One Cybersecurity Strategy You Need to Implement Now to Secure Your Business. And uh, I was noticing a lot of it. it, It's very simple to read, and, and I like that, and I think a lot of people who read it um we'll enjoy that um why did you you know because i know i read a lot of people's papers and i go through a lot of other guys who write stuff like this what made you really uh make it a layman's terms or bring it down to layman's uh way of reading it versus all the highfalutin cybersecurity phrases and words
1: right um you know, when I speak and meet with, with uh, customers and you try to exp- explain, you know, very complicated, uh, I would say, terms and, and how things are connected with each other, the problem is that often people don't understand what you're saying half of the time, maybe more than half of the time. They don't exactly understand the kind of understanding what you want to say and then uh, I wanted actually to take all this complicated jargon stuff and make it very simple to understand. And therefore, I chose some some kind of a what is called a, um, a your house model, meaning how to expand security from your home. And and that's where we got this book uh, to explain those complicated things using your house, your home. As a starting point, uh, explaining security and and how to look at things. Okay, so because it, it you know a lot
0: of times and I think I do the same thing is when we speak to people, I think sometimes in our industry a lot of people will speak over them. They you know they want to you know say the buzzwords and sp- say all the, the you know the, the 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 information like get out all the the technical speak and things like that. And I think we do a disservice to the customer and general people because they don't understand the half of what we're saying, if not most of what we're saying.
1: Exactly, yes, exactly. They they just look at you with those uh, dizzy eyes and say, what, what, what are you talking about? What, what exactly are you trying to say? Or like, the, for, for instance, a simple explanation, like, okay, let's explain to them internet connectivity or bandwidth or... Or maybe something with the network, with the, the network that is very slow, with the internet is very slow. So often I'm going to say, you know, you're driving your car. What would it be faster to drive you one lane or three lands? So this is kind of how people can understand complicated um, terms and and issues, and you and you basically chew it in a different way that they can understand it. The the brain can. Understand things that they, they already know. Like you're basing, you're building the knowledge on, on pre-existing knowledge, basically. Right, right.
0: I, and I was noticing that you, you published this in 20, you published this in 2017,
1: but I, and, I,
0: and you collected the data prior to that. But the funny thing is, is that it's actually just as relevant now that it was then. if actually, if you pointed out, things that are actually more relevant than they were even that, so like it's becoming quicker and quicker and more dangerous out there. Um, can you elaborate just a little bit on that so people understand what we're really dealing with out there?
1: Yes, certainly. Um, so from what we have seen uh, over time, and yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, the book, of although was published like about two years ago. Uh, this summer is going to be two years ago, and yes, uh, probably, uh, writing the book I had to do a lot of research and collect all the data. And now I'm working on my second um, book, uh, which I don't know how I'm going to name it. Maybe it's going to be the same same name, but we'll have like a second edition. Like people like to uh, have second edition and and basically update and he- and add other sections to to the book. Um, you know, I'm looking at the vulnerabilities and issues and weaknesses and some of the interesting things that we see that there are still vulnerabilities, all vulnerabilities that exist even if, uh, prior to 2011. Um, vulnerability that already were published. Um, um, When I say vulnerability, and I need to explain it, um, most people won't understand it. Uh, When you create a software, when you write a software program, or you create something, a product, uh, and it's been created by humans, as humans, we we have some I would say weak points, or we think that something is going to be used in a certain way, but other people can find find that software to be used in a different way that was not expected. And this is exactly how this vulnerability is being discovered. You're going to try to use the software not in a way that the the engineer foreseen when he created the the software with the solution. And as a hacker, you're trying to find those and exploit them. Uh, And so... Those vulnerabilities still out there. All vulnerabilities, as I mentioned a minute ago, that is 2011, and people don't fix them. And the sad thing, the sad thing to say, that since then uh, we still see issues with uh, companies that are not exactly aware, or people don't aware, to the threats out there. So in essence, uh, there's no difference. So much. What we see is that the how threats are coming out, uh, or, or I would say not the threats. Um, I would say that the breaches always are uh, keep coming and piling almost every month, somet- sometimes uh, every week, um, and people don't aware about this. And that's why also I wrote this book just to. Awaken people to the fact that they need to do something about it. Be proactive, not reactive, because when you become reactive, it's going to be very, very late in the game.
0: Right. So uh, in the, your new book, in a sense, is just going to talk about in a sense, all the updates. But the reality is is that these things have been talked about for a while. It's just that we're coming faster and it's becoming more pervasive in a sense. It's actually affecting more and more people in their homes, in their work, in their vehicles, especially now that things are starting to be connected. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, a lot of more, you know, you, you, these functions are being connected to the Internet, and it, 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 once hackers figure ways, and whether it's hackers individuals or groups or nation states, Whatever it is, once they figure out how they can control these things, it literally can affect you at home. Um, uh, th- th- I don't know if you heard of the incident where they had a, a video camera, somebody was connecting to somebody's video camera and speaking to someone's kid in England through, the, through their uh,
1: monitor, their baby monitor. Oh no, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. It's about <laughs> Unfortunately, it's there's r- many events, so really you cannot follow everything. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's
0: crazy where they literally were speaking through the baby monitor in the video and and talking to their kid, and then that's spooky. Or who's talking to my kid? And, and you know, and they they actually turned it off, and somehow they figured out how somebody got in, um, and it was because their information had been. Breach through whatever service, and that information went out, and somebody took the person's username and just went around checking, and I guess they figured out it worked on whatever maybe monitor site, you know, that could log into the remote site, and that's how they were able to get it. Um, It's crazy uh, that you can actually get this stuff at home. Uh, You know, people can connect to these things at home. Uh, But I'm, I'm, like, perplexed on –
1: how far, like why,
0: I always want, you know, obviously with hackers and that, I and mean, so we go for money, some people are for kicks, some people are for, you know, whatever, you know, political, whatever it is that they want. What to log in and go for, and sit there and talk to baby, that's a psychotic mom. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think. Uh, however, the motive, is, the motive here, like you were saying, okay, well, what would drive people to do such a thing? I don't know, and I cannot enter every mind in in the universe to understand how people would think and what they would do. And I think we should focus on the data assets. We need to focus on our things that we can protect, or at least. Uh, do something about it, uh, and those are your, you know, your home cameras, your phones, right? You know, you know, wherever you keep those assets, you need to protect those assets. However, measures you want to use. The sad thing is right. that many people they are not even aware to the situation. Like everybody, oh, you know, it's in the cloud, and it's a cloud, and the cloud, and. <laughs> I remember, and I think it's in my book, and I have a good friend in Israel that one day, like a few years ago, sent me an email, ah, you know, now with the cloud, soon they won't need you guys, IT people, they won't need you at all, because, you know, this is the new thing with the cloud, and the cloud, and <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is interesting, let me find out what about the cloud, and so was. Know, about I think about ten years ago, something like that. When the cloud really, people were really the the buzz. The the new buzzword was the cloud, and you should do ah, better right. cloud and all of that. And I said, Wow, okay, it looks interesting, but let me do more research about it. And then I came out with a blog post about this and how risky is the cloud. And apparently. I was really right about this, uh, thinking about the, the cloud, okay, you know, we're going to save a lot of money using the cloud, uh, blah, pa. you know, all those buzzwords, yes. Uh, uh, and they come with the TCO and all those, you know, jargon words are telling you basically total cost of ownership that we're going to reduce it because we're going to use the cloud. Yeah, in some cases, of course, you can reduce the cost. But in the end of the day, what you get is, You get um, uh, better um, uh, cost reduction, but you introduce other issues, and those issues can be bigger than what you're trying to save. So if you're trying to save the cost, you may lose your data, and this has happened already. It's going to happen again. And to your question, you said, you know, how you can do this, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, it depends how you look at this, what's your perspective about it. The more cloud services, the more cloud products and services like cameras, NAS, for instance, Nest had a big issue a while ago. Um, they, they had a bug in, in the, the thermostat, and that caused a lot of issues. And again, those can come up uh, because everything has been connected to the Internet. Once it's connected to the Internet, somebody within minutes will try to bang it down, bang it down anyway. So you need to expect the threat, and you need, you know, in, in different assessments, you said, okay, you need to accept the threat and still use it, but do it wisely at least.
0: Here's a question that I received recently, and I, and I answered it, but I want to hear your perspective on this question. And the question was, why does it matter? You know, the government has all your information, Facebook, in, you know, Google, everybody's got your information. What am I trying? I got nothing to hide. I'm not a perv. I'm not a thief. What do I care what information they have on me? How do you answer that question?
1: That's <laughs> It's a, good, a great <laughs> question. I, I'm going to need to think about it because right now I don't really have a well, good answer to it. Well, the, the, well what the answer I
0: gave, and I said it easily, I said, well, you have kids, and the person who talked to me has kids. I said, well, there's a perspective and a mindset that you need to have. and it's, there's a, You're not a thief, and you're not a criminal, and you're not a perp, but you have locks in your door. You have a lock. You know, we all know that burglars can break in no matter what you have, right? But you still try something because you're trying to protect what you cherish or love or you want to delay them to give time for the police to come or someone to come and help, you know, whatever it is. But you still do those things, even though you know a person can kick the door in and be in the house in 2 seconds. But the same thing about the Internet. Now, while you're, you don't really care if someone puts a spotlight on you or if your information's out there because you feel that you're, uh, you're not doing anything, but things can be made to appear a different way. Uh, and one, that's one thing. Two. If you don't change your mindset, you pass that mindset and that perspective to your kids. Kids today need to understand that they need to secure their devices and themselves and if you don't teach your son or daughter what to do security wise, they can wind up putting themselves in a bad situation. for instance, where young kids are sitting there going online, they're providing their you know everywhere they go they're they're tweeting and posting and they're putting their locations and they can be tracked down and grabbed by someone. Someone can find them and get to them. And it's happening a lot more frequently than people think. So, And then also cyberbullying. You know, the kid is saying, oh, I went to the mall with my friend Joe, and then the bully shows up and bullies them. And that's just, these are the type of things that you have to, if, if they're dope, changes their perspective the children will too. And if anything, the only reason why you should change your perspective, and I tell people, is so that your children can be safe.
1: I have a question for you, and I could answer that question with a question. Sure. And my question is, so to, to the question that said, why should I protect my digital assets because I don't care if somebody can see it, Google, or whatever. So the question would be, are you lock, locking your house? Do you close the door and lock the door the locks? Right. Most people say, yes, goes. of course. Yes, they do. Yes. Yes, of course, I do. So I said, okay, so this, that, that would be the same answer. You need to lock all your data assets. And I think it's also another thing, is, It's again, this is about human, how you, we perceive things. We think that if somebody breaks into our home, it's more in- invasive than if somebody breaks into my computer and steals my data, because in the end of the day, it doesn't touch me directly, physically, although they can to some extent in some, some, mm-hmm. some scenarios, it can go to that point, but let's say it's not. So if they can reach my my data, I don't care. Okay, so they got my data, whatever. Maybe they encrypted my, my hard drive, and now they're looking for ransomware. But I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still alive. Nobody got hurt. Yes, but it costs you money. Maybe you won't be able to generate income the the coming months or so until you recover from this from this uh, scenario. And this is the question that I would ask people when they ask me this question. And they would say, of course, uh, we, we are locking the door. Well, how can we want to? Maybe you have an alarm system. Do you put the alarm system? Do you, do you set the alarm on? Yes, of course I do, yes. I'm, 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 I'm. Do you close the window? Yes. Oh, OK. So why do you lock your cars, right? Why do we have an alarm system? Because of those reasons, you need to protect your data assets because there's no difference between the data assets and your physical assets. This is my answer.
0: Right. It, it, it's surprising that people would say that, and then, you know, it's like, and that's one of the reasons why I said, look, your, asset, your biggest asset is your family. That has to come first. And the way things are going with cybersecurity, everyone is at risk for different reasons, different actors, different thoughts. And so once you start thinking that way, you know, just yesterday they were talking about, I know um, – uh, Amazon is kind of a little defensive on this, just the way the article was written. But they were saying, well, Amazon gives access to people to listen on, in on your the snippets of your conversations. But then, if you read the article, it's all about, oh, well, it's for them to be able to make it better, to train things like that. And they were a little defensive on it. That's so what the article sounds. But the reality is, is there are people out there listening. Inadvertently, we give them we give them permission. We've given Amazon permission to listen to your conversation. Now, they have a lot of features, you know, a lot of policies and, and procedures that people will not, well, they would hope that people won't try to break those rules and things like that and identify people who do and things like that. There will be safeguards to protect you. But the reality is there are people listening to you and listening to your most private conversation. And you have video cameras in your home, whether it's, you know, baby monitors, whether it's all that. Your kids have phones on them. People can turn their phones on. You know, so it's getting to the point where you, you, you have to have that perspective of, so I, I have a computer here. I put a piece of tape on my camera. You know, I put that all the time. If I'm not using it, I put a tape on it or I disable it. They're just things that I do, like my phone, I turn all that stuff off when I'm not using it. Um, and I mean disable it, the hardware way. I disable the hardware But you have to have that perspective, and it passes on. And it suddenly passes on to the people around you if you're always constantly doing those things. And I think people have to get into that mindset the same way we protect our vehicles and our home. We need to get into that and protect our digital devices and our digital persona and things like that, you know, our data, as you just said. So that's a long-winded answer.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's more about uh, building uh, awareness, I think, in a, in a sense that you need to think about those things and say, okay, how, what should I do in order to improve my, myself in terms of how to protect myself and my family, as you mentioned. And because, it, again, because it's a computer, it's digital assets, they don't perceive it as something that is physical. Right. And this is one of the disconnects that, that that I see. But even if if you go ahead and like this is a story that I, that I shared in, in my book in in the beginning. I don't know if you do if you had the chance to look at this. Uh, and one cost, customer that they suffered a, a network breach. Uh, and this is, was a conversation with with uh, with the CFO. And I said, you know, this is the problem that you have here, uh, and and here is here is uh, what was was going on there. So it was a Friday. Friday call. I got a call from 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 this guy in m p l and he said, you know, I think we we got breached. And I said, how do you know? You know, first when, when people say, okay, I got breached, they said, okay, how do you know you get breached? It's supposed to be some sort of a Due diligence process where you ask all those questions to find out, and, and this is like this story shows about the awareness of people and how they think about the solution. And I'm still puzzled about about that about that story. Although I guess some, some uh, uh, um, later on I heard something else about them. And it said, well, we we saw we perceived some 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 transactions that we didn't recognize and so forth. I said, okay, and after we reviewed the evidence, I saw, yes, at the breach, yes, said, things are you know, wrong. I said, okay, now what you need to do, you're going to need to remediate it, and it's going to cost you about $100,000, uh, and you need to do it right now. So I said, well, nobody wants to spend that money, obviously, but wow. if you knew that... The- Future, you're gonna to need to spend more than hundred thousand dollars. That's what you're gonna to need to spend to remediate them. I mean, pay fines and all of that is gonna cost you a million dollars, for instance, right? Um, and for people who, folks who are from healthcare, if the based on the the HIPAA, if you um, uh, on every um, uh, I would say for every, every problem that they find they can fine you and you can go to jail and that, that's what I told him uh, and they, they got scared a little bit and I said okay it's either you pay it or it's going to cost you with fines and possibly go to jail and then he replies you know you're giving us two options and then I said, okay, what is the third option? I said, well, the the, the answer was uh, to shut down the business. But that answer it doesn't really help them because if even after you shut down the business or you sell the business, you still have a liability. And those guys, this specific person didn't know that. And you're still liable. Even if you're going to sell the business or shut down the business, you're still liable for it. So don't think that there is a way how to, you know, to go around spending $100,000 because the point is that by spending this amount of money, you're going to save yourself a lot, a lot of money in the future.
0: Right. I just think a lot of um, a similar question, a similar situation with your incident in the book. I've had people... So, he's like, I don't have time to listen to this. I don't have time. And I said it in one of my uh, quick uh, tips, and I don't have time. And and one of the things that I said to him was, well, maybe you'll have time when you're out of business or when you get fired, maybe you can give me a call then. Because one of the things that, (laughs) you know, because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you get breached in a severity. And, you know, so you let me know when you're ready, you know, just give me a call back, uh, you know, and, I'll, you know, make sure you get your resume ready so that, you know, you can send me that too because I might be looking for an executive, but, but we'll see. You know, and so, <laughs> <laughs> and I say that, as a, 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 and I was serious, and the funny thing is the, the client called me back uh, about, you know, a couple hours later, and he said, my wife said you're an ass, but you're right, call him back.
1: <laughs> like, well, well it's better for you to be an ass but at least do the right thing with them
0: right and, and i think it's, it's funny but i sometimes he, i don't want to be harsh with people but we see you know it, it, we see the damage we see the things that go on we hear it we know it we've been in this industry we know what most people don't see on a daily basis you know we don't it, it's almost like when you talk to cops and firemen and, and soldiers and things like that. They, they see horrors and they know things that we don't know, you know, and right. it's like, and they try to explain to you, but you don't get it. And, and in that sense, we, we're doing similar, uh, you know, we're, That out, we're trying to explain to people, but they don't want to listen. We're like, dude, this is not getting better. It's going to get worse. And the biggest problem is business. And here's the funny thing is if we go back to basics, if people just did the basics, and we're talking about the, the, the consumer, we're talking about businesses. A lot of times if they just do the basics, they'd be a lot safer. Because they're not even doing that. You know, every you know, they spend billions of dollars and bring all these consultants in and they bring all these companies and and, and they don't their patching schedule is six months behind. You're like, what?
1: Yes and it's that that goes to to the point that you just mentioned now uh i did a webinar about this and i, I brought a, a a case study about the Equifix data breach that happened in 2017 and i'm sure people already forgot about this but in this data breach <laughs> that was one of one of the biggest data breaches i mean not the biggest but was huge breach and as you mentioned about people losing their jobs, so it's amazing to learn that in this case, the CISO, the Chief Security Officer, and the CIO, Chief Information Officer, both retired after the breach the same year, in about in October. Then the CEO had to retire also in October. And this is how people, I guess you can call them and hire them to the job. They, they, they have a great experience. You can call them. Uh, with, with that, with that the Equisex data breach, as you said um, a minute ago, the problem was that they didn't patch. And how long it took them to patch after they discovered the, uh, the breach? It took them one day. Okay? So nice. if they were to do that simple thing, one day, invest one day, Okay, you know, one hour per day for a week, they would finish everything and patch all those systems. But they, guess what? They, they, they didn't do that. Not only that, the uh, vulnerability was found in the mid-February. Then uh, some, sometime in March, uh, the company that manufactured that, that uh, software released an a, um, advisory and the patch was released also in the beginning of March, but guess what? They didn't do anything until then. Then months goes by, and then only... Well, this is after the fact. In mid-March, they discovered the breach, Uh, and then it took them... Listen to this. It took them from mid-May until the end of August to discover, to detect the breach. So we're talking here about... Two and a half months it took them to detect the breach. The FBI tells us that it takes about 14 months to discover a data breach. Right. So, for those cases, and and this is a big business, right? Equifax, they had a lot of money. But in this case, we're not talking about having a huge, big firewall. It's not about the firewall, because it's not a firewall issue. It's about there was some issue with the software that was discovered. And that, that vulnerability led the hackers to be their own Equifax network for two and a half months. And they just see all the data that they had there and, and, and what they were able to get. So we're talking about 145 million people were affected by, by this uh, breach. I mean, based on this, and this is, was updated um, February 2018. And what information? Social security number, first name, last name, DOBs, gender, everything, their home address, phone numbers, driver licenses, everybody were affected. And this is a big company, right? Equifax. And, uh-huh. and, and this is for one thing that they could do, just patch those systems, and they would save a lot of money, and people would stay in their jobs.
0: Nowadays, you have, and if I'm mistaken, we just had that last cybersecurity breach, the uh, one that was like 400-something million dollars, which was like, I mean, 400 million people, which was in January. Um, so, the numbers just keep, and they're, and they're coming bigger and bigger all the time. So, 100 million, 50 million. So, these things, are, you know, in 2017, that was a big one, and the bunch of people got fired. The latest one was one that was collected, some hacker collected a bunch of, and that's what it's called, collection number four. So there's three other collections out there. <laughs> collection number four. And that one was someone collected data from who knows where and pulled it together in one database. And it was found by some security specialist, and he revealed it. And so that's crazy. And I'm pretty sure you might have listed where it came from and things like that. But my point is, is, I have no. That's crazy, and, and these things are happening all the time. You know, police departments are are getting ransomware when they get locked out, pay us, and they pay them. Police departments.
1: <laughs> you know. Yes. So, uh, yes, and, and and it would be, you you would assume that maybe the police department would have a better better protection, better protocols, better whatever. They don't.
0: They, don't. they don't no. Because you know so safety. It, it's, you know, IT in general, which has always been bad, has always been considered a uh, dump. If you dump money into it, you don't get any return. You know, and I think in general, IT does not do it. It doesn't do itself good, or do itself well by explaining the return on investment. Cybersecurity does even worse. You know, cybersecurity specialists are usually one dude in a in a in a room, or you know, you know, eight guys, and and anybody, everybody wants to cry when they get a virus. So these guys are reactionary. And most companies, the guys who are specializing in cybersecurity are doing reactionary work in, in general. There's not a lot of guys out there that they're getting them to do a lot of proactive stuff and involving them in every aspect. Oh, that's not their business. Let them deal with the networking guys because it's all routers and switches. and oh, that. That's the problem. And then, you know, let them deal with the email guys. That's their problem over there. You know, the guys that work in IT don't think, you know, patching is part of the security or backup is part of the security. It's starting to change. But there's I think we do ourselves a disservice in this industry because we don't look at things from a security perspective. Um, And also, I think a lot of IT guys don't really correlate the two in general on a day-to-day. And I think that's way we're thinking. And we need to educate our old people.
1: Right, um, um, and and a lot of uh, people would say, you know, customers said, oh, you know, I have my IT guy, he he does, he we we are covered by, by by our IT guy, and I often tell people, you know, okay, I understand and I respect it, and probably your IT guy or your IT company that you are using, they are uh, good guys, I, and I would like to some you know to explain a little bit more about what we do and we specialize special on cyber, and it's like if you go to the doctor, right, you go to, and and this is how I like to use it, this is a simple explanation, how to explain the difference between what we provide uh, via the IT companies out there or the IT guy that they have, and I said, you know, your IT guy is like the general doctor. You go to the general doctor, he, you know, we pretty much uh, well-versed in all certain things, well, something's in you know less, whatever. And, and like the general doctor, the family doctor that you go to, and he said, okay, you know, I have a problem with my eye. I said, oh, okay, you have a problem with my eye. What's the problem? Oh, you know, I have a pen. Okay, you know what, I'm, know, I'm not a specialist, right? You need to go to the doctor. He will take a look at this and tell you, if, well, what's the problem with your eye? Because he's a specialist. That's what he does on a daily basis, and this is exactly how to change the perspective between the IT companies out there or IT services uh, via cybersecurity specialists like us. That we are like the IT specialist, and by the way, you pay much more to the to the specialist that you pay for to your general doctor. Right? You need to pay maybe twice. They amount because this is what they do. They are specialists. Otherwise, you won't call them specialists.
0: It, yeah, this, it, it, I think one of the biggest things that um, we need to do, and I think a lot of cybersecurity guys, I think we keep things quiet. In this industry, we, I hear a lot of guys are like, well, we don't talk about that. We don't explain this. We don't explain that. I think we, that is one of the biggest flaws in in that in this circumstance, is that the public needs to have more understanding, and I think the more we talk about it as a whole, the better we can get them to understand. And the fact that a lot of guys want to become more insular and more isolated, it doesn't do us any good because we can't help the public, we can't help the, the you know the businesses if everybody you know everybody's ashamed. Or well, I understand why corporations don't talk about it. They don't want people to realize that they're getting hit every day, and it affects the bottom line, and they're, they're, fe- they're scared, one, for their job, and two, that will affect the bottom line. So I understand why corporations don't talk about it. But in general, we need to talk to the people and get them to understand it, because the more we get them to request and require from not only their companies and the people they deal with, look, I'm not going to deal with you if you're not doing certain security uh, you know, processes or doing certain things, you know the bottom. It'll affect the bottom line, and they'll change. And the same thing we have to um, expect from our government. A lot of comp- uh, municipalities and cities, their IT is a shambles. It's a mess. And if the IT is a mess, the security is even ten times more of a mess. So we need to expect more from our government and more from our uh from our, you know, the businesses that we deal with and those that we purchase and, you know, and get things from, we have to expect because our data is being sold on a daily basis on the internet. And so, I think that's the thing that we need to do is stop being so insular and and and, and, and holding information back. I think we need to, and then also we need to speak at a level that people understand it. So I think that's one of the biggest things that I always try to tell. Guys, that we need to speak instead of geek speak, we need to start speaking just normally to people. You got. You got
1: that? Yes. Yes. I yeah, Suddenly, the we got uh, disconnected. Oh, sorry. Uh, so I was, still, yes, I was uh, talking.
0: So I was talking. So I thought you were there for a second, but uh, some technical difficulties. But uh, we're good with that. Um, yeah, I was just explaining how. We do a disservice to ourselves because we want to be so insular instead of wanting to uh, explain and, and, and talk to people in a way they can understand. Like if the industry tries to, to, to our end of it, tries to not want to speak because we don't want to give out people. We don't want to give out you know, other issues. But the reality is is the more we speak about things, the better people are. That's what I was just saying. When you Can I
1: agree with you. It's about education. We need to do, and that's why we meet here. Uh, we met Monday on Monday in 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 our office, and we decided to do to do this uh, this um, uh, podcast today, is to work on education and do something about it because uh, the time has no by. Yes, and 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 people need to know, and uh, that that's that's why we we do whatever we do from from this uh, podcast, up writing books, articles, whatever, just to make sure that the the message will reach to its destination, and people would eventually get it and and be and be proactive about what we we are talking about here.
0: Right. So. Um... Anything else you want to share? Uh, we've gone a pretty long time, and I think, you know, and I, I, we have a ton more to set. It's just <laughs> we just got to go out there and do some work. But uh, anything well, else you'd like to get your point out, you know, something that you want to share?
1: I, I don't think so. There's, uh, As you said, there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, requires uh, another update, like we're talking about. Uh, we can talk about ransomware. We can talk about... Uh, threats to uh, multi function printers, for instance, is there some vulnerabilities out there that people wouldn't think about it. And apparently, some researchers have uh, found something very interesting. We can, we can leave it for, for next time. Or about uh, threats that related to um, uh, mining, use your computer to mine bitcoins and, and, and cryptocurrency. Uh, that people don't aware uh, there's many things out there, threads that uh, requires uh, I think a special update, uh, and maybe ne- next time, instead of thing, uh, doing this uh, podcast, we'll do something that it's more about with videos, so we can present some of the stuff. I think that, that would be also useful for, right. for people, not only the, the audio, which you know it's always good to have anyway.
0: So, what's the one tip you can give people that they can do right now, meaning to change and to start down the path to being a little bit more secure? What is it that you would give the, you know, one tip real quick?
1: One quick thing. Uh, well, <laughs> it's funny. You can do many things. I, I would say I can say two even. One of them, the first one, uh, make sure that you have good passwords and don't use the same password in all accounts. Uh, this is the first. The second, patch your systems. Uh, often when patches are available, just patch them, and that's it. There's like two things that they, they can do. They don't require that much um, you know, investment in terms of uh, money, at least, I mean, at least the time. That definitely can help them a lot. Right.
0: And, and to add on to that, I want to add on to patching is not just for Windows desktops or Windows apps. You know, you get updates from your iP- your Apple iPhone. You get updates on your Apple you know, uh, tablets and things like that. You get updates on your Android stuff. Those things are considered patching, some of the firmware, some of the OS, things like that. So when we say patching, a lot of times people think, oh, my Windows. So patching also is another device. It is, it's part of other devices. So you'll get an update. I know people have gotten updates on their phones. Ah, I'll do it later, and they forget. They schedule it for later, and they never do it. Three weeks go by, and they still haven't done an update. So that's the part that I, I would add on to that when it comes to patching. And this the part about passwords, I, I, I come from the world of, making it easier, but also keeping you can make it, keep it complicated, but understand, make it easier. And one of the things with password I always do when I explain to people is to use password phrases. You can make a complicated password, you'll never remember it. It can be 50 characters long, you know, all the alphanumeric you want. If you don't remember it, yeah, it's just a bad thing. So one of the things that I always tell people is, to, is the option of using password phrases. You can jumble words together, you'll most likely remember it. And the more, you know, I was at a client, I explained that, long story short, and a little daughter came in and said, the cow jumped over the moon. And the little girl understood it immediately, and the mother was like, oh, that's what you mean? (laughs) And so you could put phrases like that. And so that little girl will understand how to use passwords when she grows up. So And that's what you use. If you use phrases, things you like, Bible passages, you know, passages from books you like, or just phrase, you know, a friend of mine used, you know, that his daughter was going to kill him before he's 60. <laughs> and that's the actual password. My daughter will kill me before I'm 60. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I, you know. That, that, and so, I hope he capitalizes uh, each word also. So just yeah, to, yeah, uh, make it a nice it. sentence maybe.
0: Right. and he added other other things, but it's something he'll never enough forget. And then, as he and he said, he made it contextual, so he put one password, you know, for her account for that, and then other ones, and he changed it around. But he remembers every single one of them. But if you don't have a great memory and you still want to use the original, you know, alphanumeric, long, complicated one, then get a password manager. That's my tip. Get a password manager. There's tons out there, um, you know. Get a password manager, manage where you're putting things so that you know where they're at, and if you happen to use them in multiple places, then you can track it and change it. You know, we don't we're not telling you to change your habits overnight, but start changing your habits. And getting into the security mind and understanding it's to protect you and your family. So that's all I can add. So thank you, egal, for your time. Okay.
1: One more thing, uh, if people are interested with the, with the book, they can go to Amazon yeah. and look for yeah, okay. uh, digi- Digital War, or they can go, um, it, they, they have two versions there. You can order the physical book, uh, paper, if people remember how to read from paper. Uh, and also you have the digital option. You have two, two options with the digital. You can have it downloaded to your uh, device or you can go to our website and just fill up a form and you can download um, uh, the book as in PDF format. You go to um, uh and you'll see the book there. We'll be able to download this PDF. That's it. Thank you. Pleasure.